Hello, welcome to the Honest Wargamer. I'm your host, Rob. Welcome to a faction reaction for Skaven with Sam from AOS List Labs, Morgan. Hey, Sam, how are you? Hey, Rob. I'm really well, thank you. Uh, how are you? Really. I didn't. I didn't realize we were that imminently live. I thought we. <laughs> I thought I was going to get like a five, four, three. I should give. I should give. I, this is my fault. I've done it so much now. Like the four hundred eightieth day live. I should just say, hey guys, it's five minutes instead of just assuming that you somehow know. So apologies about that. Uh, <laughs> great to have you on the show. So Sam is uh, like an incredible war game war gamer. So if you guys have never listened to an honest war gamer show or you haven't listened to a faction reaction, Sam's going to be talking us through Skaven today. Uh, He's over in Australia. Uh, he also runs a YouTube channel called AOS List Labs, which is brilliant. Um, it's content aimed right for me, uh, which I'm very happy about. So I think it's excellent stuff. So you guys should go and check it out. Um, and I can't think of anyone better really to have on talking about Skaven uh, because it's been one of your big loves for a while. And also, uh, I'm, I'm off the back of playing Skaven three times last weekend. A uh, lot of Skaven lists uh, floating about in AOS 3. But before we get into any of that, Samuel, how's things? Yeah, mate, I'm I'm really well. I um, I'm super fortunate. Um, I've been playing Warhammer every day since the um the the new edition dropped, and now I'm talking about Warhammer tonight. My my night off playing, so I've got a a very supportive and loving family that either don't like spending time with me or are happy to support my hobbies or something in between. I'm not do, sure. Maybe do you ever have to fit your Warhammer content creation in with just like house jobs or anything like that? Is there ever is there ever a situation where you well I. Was, I was gonna give it a go tonight. Tonight was gonna to be a recording night. But then when you said you want to do this, I thought, oh, it's more fun to chat to someone else than to just uh, just monologue. So, um, well, just to try and implement a little bit of recording in between, like doing the vacuuming or running the the bath for the the young one or something like that. You reckon? Yeah, yeah. Just as you Hoover, stop it. Voice note: Plague monks, eh? Wow. With redeploy, what thoughts could I have? Uh, <laughs> I have. I have got a Lewis Lit vibe going on. You know, I have got you. You seen that? Have you? Um, have you Lewis got the voice note thing? thing? Yeah, why not? You know, you got to. You get an idea. You got to. Got to. I WhatsApp. I, so my friend John, you know John Scrivens. I WhatsApp him any insane ideas I have. So we never talk. Our conversations are on Facebook, and my insane ideas are in WhatsApp. And so he just has to read through these like madness and like at three a.m. He's like, "What the hell? I don't want to read this." <laughs> Anyway, let's jump in. I'm loving the shows you're doing with John, by oh, the way. You. Keep him, keep him coming on more regularly. He's a, he's a, been a really awesome co-host for the um the last couple thank of you. weeks. John's also got like a really unique perspective, right? Because he's a he's a shop retailer, and I think like like in this hobby, that's actually fairly important, especially I think over the next five to ten years, because I think retail spaces and local gaming stores are going to go through kind of a paradigm shift in how they're going to sell or like set people up for gaming. Because <laughs> gaming, I think ignoring covid is probably going to be more popular than it's ever been because you've been in the hobby for a long time right mm. yeah so i think yeah I, I think that's 100 yeah. right yeah 100 mate 100%. yeah so i think uh, i think there's going to be uh, like a paradigm shift in how maybe these local gaming stores turn into gaming centers we'll see uh but i i'm likely to think that's true okay let's jump into skaven shall we um could i ask you how you think that they played previously specifically uh age of sigma kind of like the last ghb but at any point like what were the what how do you how did skaven generally play in your opinion generally play okay that's a really interesting question um for this particular book because it's a really broad book i think probably second only to stormcast in in terms of the number of war scrolls available within the book um you know there's there's like 19 characters 
Um, there's eight monsters. Wow. And there's there's units that f- fulfill every battlefield role um, across the Skaven book, uh, and they've got, you know, these, there's these five ascendant clans or five clans vying for ascendancy, I suppose, um, in the verminous with your clan rats and your storm vermin, uh, and then you've got your Eshin for your sneaky assassins. That's my favourite of the the clans, um, pestilence, um, who are, are supposed to be like a bit tough and hard to get through their nurgle yeah. right but they're they're not they're just paper um, but they they have really good damage output uh, and then there's scryer for the shooting so you know there's these five distinct clans and the army can operate as five that like five actual unique armies or then you can mash it all together and for that reason there's actually you know a variety of builds that were the ascendant build for skaven over time so what we started off with, um, the Vermin yep. Lords uh, and the Unlimited Endless Spells. And I think um, Tom Maudsley, who was one of the captains for the Super Series or coaches for the yep. Super Series, um, he, he ran that build to a first place at a GT. So that was the first Skaven build the that was of sort of the release. Ascendant build. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, I, I think... Um, there you go, Rob. I told you. I said, how, I said you're making content and doing house jobs. How incredibly look at that. I got to say, if you are going to make content while also doing house uh, jobs around the house, that's the way to do it. That's how you keep everyone in the good books and you make everyone feel happy. Uh, big shout out to everyone in the chat. Thanks for joining us live. Um, Sam, great work there. House jobs and content <laughs> creation. Perfect, man. T- timing was timing is everything. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so we had the Vermin Lords and Spell Spam, and that ended up winning an event. Then over in Australia, we had Dan Brewer running Mixed Arms, winning multiple events with a build that was um, predicated around stacking buffs um, on Clan Scryer units, but having them in a mixed army, so having the Clan Rat bodies to screen the high damage output, Gisales and Acolytes, and then having a Warp Seer and a Screaming Bell. So you had two bubbles of Battleshock immunity, um, and then we had Plague Monks rise to ascendancy. So and this is a really interesting thing about the Skaven book is stuff in the Skaven book was so far out of whack and it was early enough in the edition that Games Workshop was still invested in the edition that they corrected it. So they changed the Plague Monk scroll after it was a menace um, for, you know, six months. And then they had this um, other brief build, which was around nine Storm Fiends, and I think, um, Benjamin Savar, Jack Armstrong over in the UK, uh, they were both able to pilot that to podiums. Now, I don't know whether they're able to win events. It's harder to win an event with a Death Star, uh, but we we ended up seeing, you know, that was a fourth a fourth build from the one book, which is it's it's pretty unique to see a book continue to adapt and still be relevant. Um, I, I think when this book came out, no, sorry, no, no, I was I was I'm, just gonna uh, you I'm were just making here. excellent points, and I just wanted to, I'm gonna nod instead of yeah. say any words out my mouth. <laughs> It's what I'm going to say. Uh, yeah, agreed. Absolutely. And I would say that one of the reasons is because we'll talk about strengths and weaknesses later. Please carry on. Great. Agreed. Fun. Yeah. So so we have this book, right? And it's when it comes out, it's clearly S tier. Yeah. It and Flesh Eater Courts are just ridiculous, like just ridiculous books, like a, a step above everything else. Um, and what the Skaven were able to do that set them apart from the pack is that they were able to project power. Uh, they were able to put cheap, versatile bodies on the board. So the clan rats being able to move quite quickly, retreat uh, retreat and charge, do these sorts of things was, was really powerful. Um, and they had access to two cast wizards, which was unusual at the time. And, the, you know, the sum of all of those things made them the S-tier army that they were. They never lost those strengths. What happened was other armies, so, for instance, Seraphon, Zench, Cities of Sigma, do the same thing 
but they do it better. Mm-hmm. So that they end up being the fourth best, best shooting and teleporting army, and that makes them significantly less prevalent on the top tables and less popular on the top tables. It doesn't make them bad. The book has never been bad since its advent, but there's there's three now, and now possibly you'd include Lumineth in that boat as well. But but the, the argument there would be they they can't they can't match the Skaven and they can't match the Zench for bodies. Like the getting you know having a hundred horrors pop up on the board over the two, two units of ten pinks. Um, that the Lumineth obviously can't match that, whereas the Skaven can with their their, their starting battle line on the field or whatever. So uh, that was sort of what they went through. I think also uh, the, w- the way of, that um, they could, like you said, the different the mashup. I think the mashup was generally more popular, as in Skaven Tides mm-hmm. suballegiance, as opposed to mm-hmm. Molder or or Eshin or whatever. Yeah. Um, and we rarely saw Molder and Eshin, truthfully. Um, and we saw a lot more like uh, Scryer than we saw anything else. But it was the ability for you to do that. Like you could have some models. You could play. You'd be like, okay, I want more bodies this month, this week. So now I'm just going to take my clan rats. Cool. I want to go more shooting. I'm going to lean heavily into Scryer because for some reason I've got a million pounds and i can afford each acolyte but obviously they're all converted all around the world or they're from punga miniatures or whatever um, no one's what i no, bought, bought everyone in australia i've got an issue i've got an yeah. issue <laughs> that's a heavy box as well to carry around because uh-huh. they're all metal okay yeah I'm, I'm struggling with the army at the moment for that very reason actually you gotta like even with big magnets as soon as they clink that's it your paint job's done so um anyway that's a first world problem mate okay <laughs> so uh like what are the um uh so the next question is what like what are the strengths of the army and what are the weaknesses of the army i think you kind of covered it a little bit there yep. but just to just to reinforce those like well like if someone wanted to get into scave and someone's listening to this for the first time what are the strengths what are the weaknesses yeah so a strength of the army is actually something you just mentioned um around the different clans that they're not sub factions so every other book has sub factions um now that nighthaunt have have joined the sub faction party but but the way that the skaven you know <laughs> i like the i like the chain rasp one that's a I'm looking forward to your Nighthorn episode because I own a lot of them. I like the Chain Rasp sub-faction, but that's fine. We can talk about that a separate time. Um, yeah, so what what ends up happening is you actually get access to all of those sub-faction rules because they're just army-wide. So, for instance, mm. if you have uh, a Clan Scryer character in your army, you get access to the Warp Sparks, right? Yep. If you have a Clan Eshin character, you get access to the rerolls to wound. Master Clan always get those um, that generate an additional command point on a five plus when they've used a command point, mm-hmm. and access to that is is super important because it means your list can be quite versatile. the The restriction that they place on you when you're wanting to run a, a Soul Clan is actually also then one of the weaknesses of the book, right? Because in order to run just Clan Eshin, my whole army needs to be Clan Eshin with the exception that my general can be master clan. So I get one model in my army that doesn't have the clan Eshin keyword, right? And, and that's problematic. It means it's really difficult to build those um, those single clan lists because you, you, you're sort of corralled down to five or six war scrolls in total and then access to all of the master clan war scrolls. Now, master clan is terrific. That's Gracie's, Screaming Bells, Screech Vermin King, the Warp Seer and Thankful all of those warps war scrolls are amazing in third edition so it's not bad that you get a a master clan model but it would be nice if you had access to more right Mm. um 
So yeah, that's really strong, getting access to that array of special rules. And then the generic army rules. Now, some of these have been a bit diluted for third edition, but they've got um, lead from the back, which is ostensibly like a lookout, sir, in combat for small characters. Um, so for a character like a Grey Seer or whatever, that's really awesome uh, because you want, obviously, those to survive. Uh, then they've got Scurry Away, which is retreat uh, um, from combat. So characters like the Vermin Lord, and this is particularly relevant nowadays where monsters are really important, characters like the Vermin Lord can retreat rather than fight. And because you get access to so many bodies in your army, you can set up screens in front of your Vermin Lords so that the unit has to come within three but can't be attacked. And then when it's your turn to activate, he can run away. And some of the secondary, so I had this this example recently, some of the secondary say things like, contest an objective with a monster and hold that objective with no enemy monster on it. So you go with your Vermin Lord, he's not contesting the objective. They've set up over, you know, on one side or the other to score their secondary. It feels safe, but then you you actually retreat onto it block them from getting the secondary. There's heaps of like little things like that you can do. Um, And the introduction of the the, um, universal spells, like levitate, for instance, means that that can be even trickier. So you've lost your ability to roll a run dice for your retreat. You've lost D6 extra move, but you've gained run on your monsters where you need it. So I've been doing lots of, Lots of tricksy stuff like that. Um, and I, I heard one of your shows earlier in the week and you made a really good point about when you're learning an addition, just like do everything. Do do like even if it's not optimal, do the yep. thing. See what it feels like. See what it looks like. Get the reps in. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Which is why I've signed um, up for a tournament again this weekend. Six last weekend. Playing yep. again tonight. Three more this weekend. Like as many as many reps as I can get in. Just me. Also, like so I can talk about it well on on stream. That's obviously super important because mm-hmm. I think like when G- last GHB came out, I don't think like there was anything in there that I really needed to relearn. I felt very comfortable. I don't agree with that in, in this edition. I feel this is one I'm going to have to relearn. And there's a whole bunch of skill sets and just like that idea. I'm never heard that before never even thought about redeploying the monster especially on uh, monstrous takeover which is the battle tactic you're talking about like that's such mm-hmm. a that's such a great idea there's it's all it's going to be is like great ideas coming out of these which is so fun so really looking forward to that Could, no you can't redeploy into it no but like yes yeah, some really cool stuff that's that's fascinating love that yeah, so, and the, 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 I mean, we'll talk about under winners and losers, but the grace, the, not the grace is the Vermin Lords just innately having a five up after save, starting off with a four plus save, and now having multiple ways of getting bonuses to save um, is obviously. Um, you can do a lot of baiting with a vermin lord like it's only a 12 word model but it's quite difficult to shift and if you heal it a couple of times in the hero phase um then yeah obviously it's 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 sticking around for for quite some time and and before they're bracketed they're actually quite good um in combat as well so yeah yeah that's that's one of that's one of their rules um overwhelming mass and strength in numbers with so those the first two rules related to heroes these two rules then relate to to units and a lot of builds previously were predicated around having you know 80 clan rats 40 storm vermin 40 plague monks or or some some variation of that um and then choosing the appropriate buffing heroes to wind those units up and the reason you do that is you get plus one to hit if you've got 20 or more models and you get plus one to hit or wound, and wound rather, if you've got 30 or more models. So the, the way that Skaven historically has played is that you've been able to take any unit, even a clan rat, 
and chuck multiple buffs on it and actually have it do more damage than the, what it appears on the surface of the war scroll. Um, that rule is significantly worse, significantly worse in third because you capped it plus one to hit um, and, and because the, the unit sizes have all got far smaller. So there's like, there's an element of bad faith with the um, enforce, reinforce and double reinforce in the Skaven community because a lot of people have quite literally hundreds of painted models and, and, and some of those builds are like completely redundant. Um, so people are like, the, the book is still very strong and there are still lots of very, very good lists, but a lot of the previous lists haven't ported over well to third. So there, there, there is some some anxiety there around, you know, the old build that I used to run, which was however many Storm Vermin, just doesn't work now. Um, or the, the Plague Monk build where I'm not in, um, that is probably a better example, where I'm not in Clan Pestilence, where I was previously taking 40s, I can now take a 20 and they just don't function the same way yeah. at all. Um, yeah, and that's really disappointing and for then, those yeah, people as well, of course. Oh, absolutely yeah and i think that's that it's reasonable as well to feel that way like i don't think it's salty i think it's just like oh this sucks that the thing that i like doing i can no longer do that's that's cool i like i relate yeah. to that like i can't eat ice cream anymore and i love ice cream so what do i do now i gotta eat non-dairy ice cream yeah <laughs> that's just disappointing for me uh like mate enjoy your pea lattes <laughs> you're fine uh, so any other strengths generally yeah, and then the other one, sorry, I'm, all I'm doing so far is I haven't even gotten through page one of the, the sub-faction rules. Sit so this in, is everyone. This is gonna go Sit, I'm ready. Oh, I, I already knew what this was going to be. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to paint horrors. I was tempted I was sure to paint the horrors, I, but then I was like, oh, because I'm hoping we get a whole bunch of new people watching the show, like via these, I'm going to pat out them out. They'll be like, yep. look at that disrespectful host. Yep. And I'm like, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm also running 50 pink <laughs> horrors this weekend at the event. So I've got stuff to do. Well, for anyone, um, for anyone that is new, for for context, on on my own channel, I just monologue. I don't have guests. When I just talk. I've got a I've got a problem with social cues, so <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool just talking the whole time, Rob. Um, yeah. So the other thing is that they used to get um, plus two to their bravery for battle shock for every ten models. Um, so you know, a unit of thirty would be on plus six to their bravery, and far fewer would would therefore would therefore be running away. Um, they've changed that for third so that it's just plus one. So the way that they've actually changed it is for every model that runs, you reduce it by one. So um, that's obviously a lot worse, and they've they've diluted that a fair bit. But whatever, like it's not the only. It wasn't the only strength of the book. So. Um, those those were the you know universal rules that were applying to them um, previously, and I think most of those come over pretty come come across pretty well to third ed. Um, and then you know in the the strengths the strengths broadly is that the army can access whatever is necessary in the meta at the time. So at the moment the the meta is um, a, a meta built around shooting and monsters, and, and Skaven have some of the best shooting in the game. Um, and then they've got some really polarizing monsters. So there's people who are far better Skaven players than me, um, who, who who do not rate Vermin Lords. Uh, that that they think that for the return on investment, um, you know, for 345 points relative to taking another 30 bodies, um, or you know, in the case of my Night Runners that I really like, it would be like another 45 bodies. That that the, the trade-off isn't there. Um, I dis I disagree with that. Uh, to, to an extent because I think that they're, they're providing you a tool that the army doesn't otherwise have um, if it's just built around yep. chaff. So, um, 
yeah, so they've got these polarizing monsters that um, I personally think are really good in the meta at the moment. But if the meta shifts, let's like just say um, that, that all of a sudden monsters are bad for some reason, you can easily take them out and replace them with, you know, an Arch Warlock, a Gracia, um, a Claw Lord for the same number of points. Pick up three small heroes um, that are able to buff your army in three different ways uh, w- without without adversely affecting the build. So for that reason, they're really versatile and they can always continue to sort of adapt, which yeah. I like. Um, and then, yeah, in terms of the other strengths, it's like I say, that they can pivot the way they need to, but at the moment, the the build that, that really is popping up and I think won your event on the weekend is the, the nine Storm Fiends list. Um, and that is, um, that's like, with no disrespect to Benjamin, all is obviously a really good player. It's a point and click list, right? You you move that unit to where it needs to be. You point to what it needs to delete, and it deletes it very comfortably. Um, like, but uh, like, it, it, it yeah, feels like yeah. the new command abilities or even some of the new abilities generally like really push. Um, which is why I think yep. the unit caps are also really important as well. They really push for economies of scale. The nine storm fiends is a thousand points. But you're getting, when you do plus one save, when you do rally, when you do stand and shoot, you're getting that on a thousand points, which I think is why you see people painting up two bricks of 30 sentinels, stuff like that. Because, you know, or 30 wardens, 30 sentinels, you might as well max out the unit to put the plus one save on, to put the plus one to hit on, whatever the situation on stand and shoot. Because why wouldn't you, right? Like, you know, like, it kind of makes sense. Even on Giselles, you'd be like, cool, like, like, I'll max them out as much as I can. Um, so yeah, like I could completely un- like third. Can you take thirty acolytes? Are they fives? So fifteen max. No, nah, they're fives. You can take fifteen right. acolytes. Okay. Which is like it's fine. They're they're really cheap. They're nice in fives. Having something with with high damage output um, that costs you nothing if you lose it. That can screen. Um, that can go and score. They run and shoot. So they're they're really okay. cool. Um, they're they're a really nice support unit. I think they complement the storm fiends well. Um, I personally, if I was doing a Storm Fiends build, would probably look at a, a build with a six uh, and then look to bring in Clan Rats as my battle line just so that the, the list had a better composition. So ha- having played with the 20 Hex Wraiths for, you know, well over 100 games, probably closing in on 150 games for the 20 Hex Wraiths, I am a proponent of Death Stars. I, I love I love me a Death Star that costs half my right. army, right? But it has a heap, it's a heap of deficiency. So it's fun to play, uh, but there's stacks of counters uh, and I think we'll we'll find you know uh, people presenting the storm fiends with no um, no viable like trading choice. So you, the things a storm fiend can kill, uh, if if those are cheap and relatively meaningless, the return on investment is poor. Uh, and then the other thing with the storm fiends is that they don't have a champion. Uh, they don't have the I'm a I'm a clever boy rule that the gyrocopter has. Um, so you need a support hero nearby. I thought them. they were elite. Maybe um, I'm and, wrong. Nah, they're um, not elite. Okay. No. 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 Wish they were. Because um, <laughs> then threes, threes would be super, super interesting to me if they were, if they were okay. elite in a, in a mixed list. Anyway, um, yeah, they're not elite. So you need to babysit them. So your options are you babysit them with a six-wound, almost 200-point character who's the Arch Warlock, or you do it with a five-wound character um, who's either the Bombardier or the other Warlock, right? And then all of a sudden you're closing in on 1,100 points now, and that's to use your command abilities. And it's a pretty squishy, pretty killable character. Alternatively, you pair it with the one Vermin Lord you get in the army, and now you're up to like 1,250, 1,300 points. But both of your pieces that can project power are together. Yes. 
So the, if, if there's multiple objectives or if there are secondaries that mean people are spreading, um, then it's obviously less useful. I'm not saying it's a bad build. It is a very good build. I'm just, I, I just think that it's there that people will pick up once they've played it two or three times. Which is great because the strengths are very obvious like yep. that, that significant like it would be it would be fair to say that you could if you get the turn and obviously you can put it into a list i think pretty much where you get like a one or two drop you can pretty much delete i would yeah. say anything on earth well in the game uh is yep. what I'm, yeah, yeah. absolutely so like there's there's yeah. it's it's so good played, that there's deficiencies I right oh, absolutely i played against it as a one drop on the weekend um and that was so annoying to me because i deliberately built my list to be a two drop and i really want to give away first turn and my opponent gave me first um so yeah having it as a one drop as well is obviously great and that's another thing just generally uh the skaven battalions uh were pretty varied uh and having the universal battalions access to those universal battalions i, I personally think overall is a net gain i think that makes that makes list building better um the problem that i'm finding with my own specific list is within clan eshin i've only got one small hero and he's really really bad like he's arguably the worst model in the whole book and um maybe giant rats giant rats are the death master right and you need two of those in order to unlock a second artifact yes. so like the tax then becomes 230 points for the second artifact and then there's a question of you know is it worth it so um yeah it's really cool i, I think that that's going to be the list to start with and I think people will progressively pivot back to things like the Screaming Bell um, and, and like the the, the Warps here and then a, a broader spread of units because they'll find that they're able to adapt to the meta a bit better and they're able to play a variety of different um, different matchups and scenarios better overall. But the, the cap, the cap on the Nine Storm Fiends is higher. Like the Nine Storm Fiends on a good weekend, right? You get a nice run. You could have five very easy wins even on the top tables. But you, you're gonna, there's, there's going to be some counters out there that, that block yeah, that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's whether or not those counters are generally popular, right? Like, that's going to be the mm -hmm. major issue. And also, just because yep. of the wound sink on the Storm Fiends, not to keep going on about them, like even something like Sentinels, yeah, you're right, 100%, take out those small characters, no problem. Larger characters? Maybe. Maybe not, especially with plus one save. Like, And then with uh, Heroic Recovery and everything else? Maybe not. And that puts them in a really good spot because, like, the, the other counter picks that are floating around those top tables, not that we know even what they are at the moment. Um, one of the things I'd also say is that the Storm Fiends and also Skaven, when we're not talking about Storm Fiend builds, I think Skaven have got access to do something which, are, like, having played quite a few games now already, like, I think one of the things that seems really obvious is you still need to hold the objectives, especially more, because the point difference mm -hmm. between hold two, hold more is the difference between one and one and three most of the time. Um, and then a couple of the objectives, especially Conquer uh, or Ferocious Advance, where like, you're grabbing two objectives like outside your deployment, those are fairly important to not only get yourself early, but also stop your opponent from getting. And I think things like Bells, things like lots of Clan Rats that like, are immune to Battleshock because mm -hmm. of the Bells, they might be really good in, like, in denying those secondaries and also denying um uh the primary as well so like i agree with you i think like that's a strong initial build but maybe later on when it when you're looking to just really be points effective in battle plan scoring you might end up seeing people pivot the the list a different way which i think is quite interesting yeah there's, there's lots to break mm -hmm. down because it's cool you can blow me up but can you score points that's very different that's a yep. very different conversation yeah so just in terms of the blowing up as well, um, probably this is the reverse way that we should have a conversation. I should have started with the context, but they can get the warp sparks for um, – they can get pluses to hit 
um, they can get pluses to damage, and then they can get rerolls. They've still got access to rerolls to, to hit and wound, which is very, very unusual um, post the FAQs. So that it's the combination of those things that ensure that they're reliable. And now there's a command ability to go plus one to hit, and now there's a command ability to go plus one save when they're already durable anyway. So that's why that's happening. Um, just it, it feels like we should have said that at the yeah. start. I just got it backwards. Bad. <laughs> and thanks, Arcane Law, for explaining what drops were in the chat. Just for anyone listening at home who might be new, drops are when you when you build your army list. Um, let's say I build uh, a, an army list with ten units. That would be a ten drop list. As in, I drop one, I drop two, I drop three. When we're deploying, one of the battalions allows you to drop everything inside of the battalion as a one drop. If you can fit your whole army into that mm -hmm. single core battalion, then you're good. You could drop your whole army down as one drop, which means you get the choice on who goes first or second. There's a you could do an entire show on how important that is or not important that is, and building around that we'll do that on a different show uh but uh, we'll carry on with this for now um uh, uh studio worstwood uh in the chat who was playing with the storm fiends the weekend big shout out to you storm fiends gave up all the battle tactics and also the struggles to score them in late game so vps were often a lot closer than what the game looked on the tabletop so that's his experience of having won an event with nine storm fiends and playing with them over the course of six games just this weekend so really appreciate your thoughts benjamin thank you um really good there um, uh, so what are the weaknesses for the army, Sam, or have we still got some more strengths? Oh, look, um, yeah, I think, you know, um, in terms of, in terms of weaknesses, it's, it's more about comparison. Do you know what I mean? It's just to say, like, I think that you, there are ways that you can do what this army does better in other books. And that doesn't mean that Skaven are bad not by any stretch, but I just think even still now, skinks and salamanders outclass clan rats and gisales, for instance. Um, you know, uh, horror, horror, like I've been looking at it at the moment, um, the Legion of the First Prince, and Legion of the First Prince does what my current clan Eshin army does, which is deny your opponent. It's like a control, a control build. So it denies your opponent the things that they want to do, it stops them from moving. Um, it puts uh, cheap, durable bodies in front of them because you get horrors with a five-up after save or you get plague bearers that don't need any support or buffs and they're just sitting there with debuffs to hit and after saves, right? Um, and it projects a little bit of output and it's got a couple of um, like surgical pieces, like for instance, a Gaunt Demon Prince and Balakor in the right fights are actually quite hitty. Um, you wouldn't throw them into something that can kill them in return, but they but they can be quite hitty to a point, and that's not dissimilar to vermin lords, and that's not dissimilar to things like um, night runners or even acolytes running up, shooting, and then sort of pinning you in, and then having units behind them that are shooting over the top, and then units behind them that are shooting over the top again. So the Skaven aren't bad per se, but I think I could do the same Eshin list in Legion of the First Prince and it would be significantly better. And then I look at the Scryer list and I think I, I feel like I could do that significantly better in Cities of Sigma or I feel like I could do that significantly better in, in Seraphon, for instance, mm -hmm. right? Um, so what you end up doing is by, by com comparative analysis going, well, it's fine, but I can do it better elsewhere. And that you can do that across the board. Um, but perhaps what maybe those other armies don't have, and th this isn't true of city cities can do whatever it wants, but um, the, the other armies don't have the ability to pivot in the same way that, that Skaven does and have different builds, you know. Yeah, um, if you paint up your collection, you can so paint up yeah. different stuff. 
Absolutely. I've got a massive bias at the moment where I just love them. So it's really hard for me to say anything negative, Rob. Even when, That's even fine. That's to. fine. Like, like, I mean, even me, like I even, I even though help it's an insanely squishy and random movement. I still, I still see an opportunity case for like, for, for help it's being in a list or like in lists. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, like I, I don't think that I agree with you. Like everything is only weak by comparison. Right. Um, so, so that's a really good point. And thanks for bringing it up. It, isn't there this real disparity at the moment? Like I do like the Hellpit and I like what they did in Kragnos in terms of the the clan molder yeah. buffs and, and the ability to hide um, cheeky little war machines in units of clan rats. That's really cool um, and provides you with some really nice um, options is optionization a word? It provides you with some nice optionization yeah. it is now um, <laughs> in terms of being able to protect against this high armor meta, right? The meta's really got a lot of high armor. Um, I've got some cheeky warp fire throwers hidden in my units. And now there's a, a, a game of cat and mouse, if you'll pardon the pun, about do you want to charge into my rats? Yeah. Um, that was a real bad yeah, That was a good one, though. <laughs> I like <awful>. that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, the, the, there's this dis- disparity now for a thing like the Hellpit Abomination, which is good and has some nice buffs through Kragnos and then literally any, any monster that's a hero. Cause any monster that's a hero that's not unique can get access to the five plus plus after save. Um, I still prefer damage prevention role. I think your name is nicer than Ward. I'm going to stick with it. Appreciate DPR. you. Yeah, so, same. Because we talk cross-system, right, between 40k and Age of Sigmar. And it's nice that they have come yeah. up with a word for it, but damage prevention rolls easy mm-hmm. one, and especially for the kids to understand. They're like, what does he mean, mm-hmm. Dad? By ward. They're always doing that when they're watching the coverage. I get letters all the time. They're on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. So yeah, anyone can get a DPR, and then, then anyone can mm-hmm. heal, right? And it just feels like any monster that's not a character by comparison. And um, I suppose good examples of this are the Beasts of Chaos monsters. Like, why would you take them when you can take monster characters? Um, so, yeah, I guess they're they're a minor loser, but they're, they're losing only because they're not getting access to heroic actions and, and artifacts. Great. All right. Uh, so, Age of Sigmar 3, before we get into, like, winners and losers in the faction, do you have a, a top level about, like, like any hot takes, any thoughts, anything you want to, like, like say, hey, like this, don't like this, what, where are you at with it? Oh, I'm having so much fun. I'm, I'm playing all the time. Um, every game I'm learning stuff, it's a really great space. Like, this is, this is a new game. This, like, there are some principles that have comported over, but this is a new game compared to second. Uh, and I really like it. I think, on the whole, they've made really nice changes. Um, the secondaries and denying the secondaries is more challenging than than i thought it would be so i don't that there's two reasons for that i don't have a firm enough grasp on what the options my opponent has is um and, and then the second one is i'm not thinking far enough of in a, in advance so my i'm finding my early game secondary selection um uh, are pretty achievable my mid game are challenging and then the end game i find myself thinking oh shit i wish i'd changed the seat um and i think that that's something that i'll only correct with reps uh, and my other observation is um i think that this is a game which is closer to um old games workshop systems where the number of reps you get in provides a greater advantage so when we had the four pages right you, you could be a casual player that knew the armies um, loosely and still do really well at tournaments. I don't think that's ever going to be the case with Age of Sigma third edition. The um, 
granularity and the uh, importance of micromanagement now, where previously it was like more of a strategic or macro management, uh, the importance of micromanagement now I think means that only the diehards are going to ever be on the podium. I don't think you're going to see some random bloke you've never heard of on the podium anymore. I, but I also don't think that the people who are losing are even going to be aware that they're losing bad. Like until like, yeah, okay. they tally yeah, yeah. Up, until until they tally up the score at the end, they'll be like, ah, oh, I thought I killed loads of your stuff. You're like you did, you did do that, mm-hmm. but I got max points every turn and you didn't. Yep. And they'll be like, yeah. oh, oh, I had a great time. Yeah, like, okay, yeah. good. <laughs> and your like your your list bled four points because you had four monsters you didn't protect and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Or you you turned a little five wound hero into a monster and I was just like, yes, let's go, dunk. <laughs> He's getting dunked um, on hard. Yeah. So notwithstanding that, long term, I think reps are going to matter. But it's an interesting thing at the start of the edition. I played a game against my mate Will last night. Um, just one of the best humans you'll meet. Played against Will last night. And um, he plays a heap of different systems. So he'd picked up the rule book and read it. And for him, because he's like playing Star Wars Legion and X-Wing and whatever else, right? It was super easy for him to adapt. And I found like the people that played first edition and second edition Warhammer, Age of Sigma, are still playing second edition Age of Sigma. Yes. And that was really noticeable to me that he didn't he didn't have any of that. Even though he's played the old eds, right? He wasn't wed to, I'm gonna I'm a second ed player and I know all about second ed. He was just like, this is a new book. And he, he just, I, I felt like he maneuvered through the game a lot better than better Age of Sigma, two players that I've, I've played, you know, under the the new edition, which was a really interesting observation. Yeah, I think uh, having like got as many reps in as I can so far, with more soon to come. Like I've now rewritten a list for this weekend, and like my list writing was based off thinking about battle tactics. I was like, okay, yep. what am I looking to achieve? And like at the moment, that is, and then and then there'll be another version in six months where it'll be my list with the battle tactics in mind, in addition with the meta in mind. Like, yep. which we don't know, like, as of yet. Oh, completely uh, unknown. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that's one of those really interesting elements. It's like, how do I kill Gotrek is also right at the top of my, like, list. And the answer is 90 pink horrors just firing a billion shots at him is my idea. Drown him in magic, but we'll see. Uh, okay. So, I ran Gotrek at CanCon awfully. Like, like truly awfully, I ran him at CanCon. And um, he never died. And the only things I was scared of the whole tournament was a unit of um, fighty snakes uh, just because of the volume of attacks um, and the ways that they can hurt you. So they have multiple different ways. And storm vermin with two-inch reach, rent one, and the volume of attacks. Um, but even in this matter, I think, you know, you can make him plus one save. You can heal him. You can do all this. I just don't see him dying. I, no. I think he's he's definitely on the list of stuff you ignore. Um, go and try and kill the, the other 1,600 points if you can. <laughs> It's still a lot of other points, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, he's cheap, right? That's too cheap. <laughs> 435 is cheap, man. Uh, cheaper and better. Um, I think he's, should... a, he's a win more piece as well, because if you chuck him in something that's already got good power projection, um, he then gives them the thing that they didn't have, and he gives it to them in a really safe way. Um, and the, the, unholy, the unholy combination of him and a law seeker uh, or him and Marathi is just gross, just super gross. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's not talk about it. And Bundo, no, not Bundo. <laughs> He's destruction. The other one. Um, <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, uh, so winners, winners for uh, for Skaven. Who 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 walks away winning? 
Oh, I think Norholz. So they got a rewrite. Um, their a faction, the faction terrain piece. They're set up wholly within eight of um, the board edge. They're more than three from objectives and terrain, uh, and they're now impassable. You can't move over them. So you set these up after determining sides, but before you're deployed, which means you know where your opponent is, you know where their objectives are, and you can corral them so they can't get to their own objectives. That's that's one use of the Norhole. The, the other use of the Norhole is you can they have to be 18 inches apart. So the corners thing is difficult, but you can take corners uh, and then you can shift your army around so that it's able to threaten different sides of the board in a really low-risk way. Mm. Um, they removed the – they were previously arcane terrain, Yep. They remove the arcane terrain and now they're just plus one to cast, unbind and dispel. And the reason that that's relevant is it now stacks with arcane terrain. So if you're able to place them three inches away from arcane terrain, you can have your vermin lord sit in the arcane terrain and then be plus two to cast, unbind and dispel. Uh, and then there's other ways to boost casting in Skaven already. So that's really significant. Uh, the teleport, they've also made a mistake. Well, the teleport they've also done inconsistently with almost every other thing in the game. Yep. And you only need to be within six, not wholly within six, to utilize the teleport. So when you set them back up at the other Norhole, they have to be wholly within six, right? But to start with, you can string them out. And for me, I've been running a unit of 20 night runners, uh, and I string it out in such a way that it's able to block up heaps of space, but I'm also able to teleport it and then bunch it together around one of the other two Norholes. Yeah. Uh, and just the fact you get three when uh, the other faction terrain pieces are all limited to one is another nice nice little bonus that we're getting. So I love the, the Norholes. I think good players will be able to utilize the combination of two Norholes in their opponent's deployment and endless spells to stop their opponent from basically moving uh, and their opponent probably won't won't, won't see that coming sometimes uh, there is an artifact called the nor bomb and the nor bomb lets you turn any piece of terrain on the field into a nor hole so <laughs> you can do some awful things with that now where stuff because once you're in there you can't move right stuff's just stuck in there or you just take a big forest and all of a sudden it can't be moved through like there's a whole heap of stuff that you can do with the nor bomb um that could be super negative play um and yeah you know, obviously you'd expose explain it to your opponent in deployment and then would potentially impact every move they make in the game yeah because any piece of terrain does it become a nor that, hole that, it does nor therefore impossible uh-huh oh wow it's That's... so good, man. It's, wow. It's gross. Okay. <laughs> but like I said, it is difficult to get the extra artifacts if you go down. Um, it's because it's in Eshin. It's hard to get the extra artifacts if you go down a particular route. So, um, it, and that you, you're spoiled for choice. We've got so many really good artifacts. So that's cool. So, yeah, Norholes I, I really like. Vermin Lords, um, as I said, people have a, an array of opinions on these, but just them getting access to the generic spells is a winner. Yep. Because they don't have their own spell law. What they've got is a souped up version. Each Vermin Lord has a better version of the Grey Seer spells. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, like the, the Eshin Vermin Lord has the teleport spell, but rather than it being nine inches, it's six inches. So that's already great. Um, you pair that then with the flaming weapons. And what happens is you're able to teleport six inches away. That happens in the hero phase. It deprives your opponent of the opportunity of retreating, of doing that fallback move. Yep. And then you've just got a six-inch charge to make. And I'm finding that six-inch charges are really rare in third because people have that one unit per turn that they're able to to sort of fall back with yep. the, the DC. So um, that that's really great. That's really good, um, like, the, especially the, the timing. Yep. So it's more effective where it's happening. Yep. 
Yep, yep. And then the other one is the Liber Bubonicus is another artifact and it turns your Corruptor into a Priest. So you can teleport to six inches away and then you can curse with your Priest who's also getting plus one to pray from the Norhole, right? Wow. So curse at plus one. Yep. And then yeah, and then you've got heaps of volume, uh, volume of shots in a, a Skaven army and volume of attacks in combat. So his curse is particularly good. Um, I, I like that. I, I haven't been a, had an opportunity to play with that yet because I've just been playing the the, the pure Eshin. Um, Gracie is super cheap. And then there's there's uh, heaps of ways to ignore battle shock. So you can go um, Snout Grovel Robes, which is like an artifact. You've got the Warp Seer's Command Ability, which is a massive 26-inch bubble. Um, you've got the bubble from the um, Screaming Bell. And then um, what's the other one? You've got the Bell of Doom, which is a, a spell, right? Mm. A lot of Skaven players are critical of the Bell of Doom because you roll three dice after it's moved. And on a 13, it just explodes and kills everything near, like D3 Mortal Wounds to everything near it. Yeah. Just don't move it. You, you put it in your own deployment zone and you just don't move it. It's only after it moves that it rings. So if you just have it as you, in, in your home zone, you can make sure that all of your stuff at the back of the board is Battleshock immune. Um, wow. So that's, that's, a, that's, a nice, that's a nice endless spell that I think is overlooked because there's the potential for you to move it with your army and then for it to blow up. Well, I, just wouldn't, I, I, I literally would just treat it as a stationary spell, not a predatory spell. To defend against any alphas, or just to keep your generally your your like your your castle build alive, effectively. What it means, what it means, you can do because I've been castling, right, and then I have stuff that's that's out, um, sort of as as a vanguard or outriding or whatever. It means if you've got the any of the ones that are static that are just set up automatically, that those units that are off fighting a separate fight can be battle shocked immune by using um, inspiring presence. So it's just about having that limitation of one CP um, for a particular thing um, and not being able to use more than one inspiring presence means that like a unit of night runners with a champion, I, I can have one night runner and save that unit and keep something pinned in combat even when it's out of the bubble of my warps here because they're different command abilities uh, and that's really cool. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I hadn't even thought about that, about the under spells. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, what's next? What's the next big winner? Um, I think like I just think uh, uh, overall su surviving surviving the addition change is is a nice little victory, man. Like um, thought thoughts and prayers to our Slanesh friends. Like that book is just so <laughs> awful, and and even actually, you know, like Sl Slanesh, like they were bad before, right? And they're they're terrible now. Mm. Um, thoughts and prayers to our Silverneth players who are trying to convince themselves that the book is playable. Um, <laughs> guys, it's not like it's just there's there, there's a lot of um, self deception well, happening. No, there the is community. there is there is a lot, but it's early in addition as well. So like yep. it's it's better, not better, but like there there is something to be said for for pushing yourself with something that doesn't. Oh, just... mate, give it a try. Yeah, <laughs> like but like well, no, what I'm saying is is because I was like, am I going to run Dirthu? Am I am I rebasing my Sylvaneth and I was like it's bad but like is it all bad and it is but like yeah anyway I agree with you like uh, the, the, yeah surviving the addition is a nice change especially like some of the core mechanics as well you know like all the KO guys are like Oof, what do we do without spelling the ball eh like uh, it, <laughs> they've got a whole question so what about um, uh, losers are there any losers in yeah oh okay what are the losers so the giant rats they have um they're the mainstay i mean everything in clan molder 
because you can go giant rats, rat swarms, storm fiends, um, rat ogres. They've got a heap of options, right? But giant rats, there's these builds that people have that were like 200 giant rats. Uh, and there's this awesome guy, this awesome Australian guy called Skaven Tom. And he was like famous through first edition Age of Sigma for running 200 giant rats. And he took down Archaeon at Cancom with 200 giant rats. And um, just a legend, just a really, really like a, a lovely dude. And um, they've been capped now at six. So the most you can take is 18 and their buffs kick in at 20. Their wall scroll buffs. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't work. That's bad. That, and people are upset about that because they've bought lots of giant rats over time. And um, Giant Rat's one of those units that you get little a cheeky couple of Giant Rats in like the Plague Monk um, box and in other boxes and whatever. So people are into those, uh, and and they're not they're not they're good. Um, the Horde builds generally. So um, who was running forty Plague Monks times two um, in a mixed Gaven army that that builds no longer possible, um, and, and arguably that build is, is bad. So those those have suffered a little bit. Um, the retreat shenanigans are a lot weaker. So I mentioned earlier, characters can re retreat from combat in the combat phase, and previously you'd be able to run with that, so you get an additional D6 inches. Um, and clan rats have the retreat and charge rule, so they were um, they were either retreating out and then charging back in, or they were retreating and running and creating really significant space um, and getting buffs to their run rolls, and they were creating really significant space from the, the units that they were in combat with, uh, and that they're not really able to play that game anymore, so that's, that's changed a bit. I think that the endless spells um, for the army era maybe, so some some Skaven players are arguing that the the spells endless spells overall are worse for them, so the, the book spells, not the generic ones. Yeah. Um, and to an extent, I agree with that. And the reason that I agree with it is because my Vermin Lords now have access to Levitate and to Flaming Weapons, and it becomes a question of choice. So if if you get those those spells on your War Scroll for free, um, and they're potentially they're potentially useful every turn, why would you pay points to take a Skaven Endless spell uh, that's situational? Um, and it's, it's, it's costing you a resource. So, um, yeah, I think to an extent that's probably right. And then the other one is just the Death Master. The Death Master is the worst hero maybe in the game. Like, he's he's awful. So he's 115 points uh, and he does nothing. He previously was part of the battalion called the Slink Talon. Okay. And in that battalion, the turn that he popped up, every other unit in the battalion, which was the rest of your army, got rerolls to hit. Wow. So including him in your army gave you, for one turn, rerolls to hit, and it gave you a second artifact, and I've already mentioned Skaven artifacts were great. Well, by taking the Slink Talon away, which was the thing that made him viable, um, you, you've made him significantly worse, and then they've bumped his points up by 15, so he's 115 points. So if you compare him to the Order Assassin, who does the same thing but for 80 points... Uh, and does mortal wounds in the combat phase with more attacks than the death master like it just that doesn't make any sense to me at all none uh, and the order assassin unlocks um, shadow warriors and dark riders which i think are two really excellent units to be battle line whereas the death master he would never ever 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 be your general because your general's either going to be a deceiver or a master clan unit if you're running Eshin. And if you're running a general Skaven army, there's no reason you would choose him over any other character. Um, so he's he's truly awful. Um, I've been playing with him, and, yeah, he's um, he's a pretty hefty tax to, to run an Eshin army at the moment. But Yeah, whatever. that's a shame. That's a huge shame. Uh, because it does feel like, especially like you said with Giant Rats, there were a lot of, there were a lot of changes 
without any real thought mm-hmm. about how they may affect some units. I think the game is great. I think Age of Sigmar Third, like, it probably is my 100%. favorite edition so far, and this early in, like, big fan. But still, like, there seems to be some odd changes which just mean there's no there's no positives, right? I mean, the whole Sinesh book is is a very standout, obvious one, <laughs> for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, like that that's unfortunate. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, the giant rats I was already aware of um, because of Recamelios in the chat uh, running a lot of giant yeah. rats at the event a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's wild. So, but do you think so? How do you think Skaven are placed? Um, in the future, and I know you've done us a list. I was trying to get it on the screen, but it seems to not download for me. I'm not sure why. Uh, how do you think Skaven are placed um, in uh, in this new edition? Obviously, we don't know what's strong and what's not strong, right? But where do you think? Uh, what do you think's good? Like, 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 how do you think? It, how well, do you they, think they're going to they do? Won, they won the first event. <laughs> they're undefeated, undefeated champ. Like, That's true. We're, we're the champs too. We're not the champs yeah. no more. You know. <laughs> That's true. I should shut up. Yeah, like, how are they doing? Rob, you saw how um, they were doing. You gave the prize away. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I just, I'll just say this. At the end of first edition, before before they had a new book, they won the New Zealand Masters using a super techie um, clan scryer list, which was all about deep strikes that were not following the Warhammer rules for deep strikes. They had their own funky thing before the book, right? Then the book comes out and they're consistently winning events at the start of the the book cycle in the mid cycle they were consistently winning events with that mixed arms list and then briefly before they were eroded they were doing really well with the storm fiend list so what that means is like over a three or four year period they've consistently been able to podium i don't see that changing with the addition changing i think in in the hands of a good pilot um, and at the moment, that's certainly not me, but in the hands of someone that knows what they're doing with the Skaven army that takes all of the tools, um, that, then they should really be pushing. They should really be pushing for four and ones and, and five and O's with favorable draws uh, with optimized builds and with players with reps that know what yeah. they're doing. I also, I always think, I always go back to um, uh, the fact that we are in a very shooting and ranged game, basically. Mm-hmm. But if ever it comes back to combat, Death Frenzy is not a bad toolkit piece oh mate it's in the army Mm -hmm. and it's available in the army like a one or d3 from the the uh the war oh what's his name the vermin lord no so there's death frenzy there's death frenzy and then there's a different spell dreaded death frenzy so you double it up yeah 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 so you get it twice on the same yeah so like if we ever go back again if we ever go back to combat like being a major thing uh again really really competent there the warbringer thanks tom dicks big love to you um, yeah, yep. so like there's some they, they they are a toolbox army and everything's good. Like Warp Gale's great. Like I I always think like even Doom Wheels. Like there's so much to say about oh, the mate. book. So like if I yep. was a Skaven player, especially I think the thing that you talked about with the scurry away and with some of the teleports, you can intermix them with the new command abilities and abilities way better than some other armies can. Like, you've got far more utility. Mm-hmm. So if I was a Skaven player, I'd be very excited about this edition of the game. So um, the amount of tech that exists in the artifacts and then the command traits and then the, just the generic things you get out of being um, part of Clan Eshin or Clan Scryer or Master Clan or whatever, um, you can couple all of that up, right, and you can turn anything Anything in the army can be turned into a bit of a Swiss army knife, which is really cool. Um, I hope it, if it does um, pivot to a fighting meta, um, 
you'll just see different units sort of rising up. So maybe 30, 30 storm vermin becomes a unit that appears, or maybe, um, you know, people start looking at the, the rat ogres because with the, the rat ogres now, uh, they're in units of two, which is really cool because it means that if you reinforce them, they're a unit of four, then they're not subjected to the bad coherency rules. Uh, and there's three different options. You can you can make them fightier, you can make them more survivable and go past the five wound cap, um, which is obviously good. And then the, the yeah, so the the like there's a heap of different units that that won't be part of the prevailing builds that are playable, and that's always good. That's that's why I love cities as well, because in cities it feels like you can you can flick through to any of the sub factions, any of the little sub allegiances or whatever, and they're cool. There's something in there that's playable. Okay. I've had a question in the chat. Can you ask Sam if he thinks there's any play in sixty clan rats with six weapon teams? Yes, absolutely. Pew pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like is that is that Perfect. optimal? Of course not. Of course, that's not optimal. Will that win you a game over the course of a, f a five-game event? Probably. There'll probably be a time when they pop up and they just nuke the world, right? Um, yeah, I do. I do like having hidden teams. I think it's very thematic, and I think it's it, it also provides you with flexibility, and that's flexibility is always also strong. Also, super fun. Um, oh, and that's been my experience. All the games I've played. Um, are we doing win percentages yeah, on here? We're we doing. Is that I what? I don't know. I don't know if you want to. If you like, want to flex, flex. <laughs> I think I'm like um, eight and two in third with Skaven, yeah. right? Or with Clan Eshin. Um, And I would say six of the eight wins, people just being like, your army does what? Do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> like, just like, huh? <laughs> what, like, what is, what's that thing? <laughs> what's the, what's the, what's the go? Um, can I quickly talk I would about like to, oh, No, we yeah, we've got time. Yeah, no, I, I'm not yeah. pushed for time. I'd love to hear your list. Please do. I'm sorry I can't bring it up on All the right. screen. I'm not sure. It, it just won't download. Do you want me to WhatsApp? Uh, It'll take me like two seconds to Oh, yeah, that's if not you email computer. it to me. All right. <laughs> What's your email? <laughs> I'm just going to read it through, man. I'm going to wow. read it to top to bottom. Okay. Player. I would like to show it. Like, uh, it just won't download. I don't know why. It says failed, uh, which is uh, an issue. Um, uh, what if I just Twitter it to you? Uh, any, yeah, that's possible. If you DM it me, that works to me. Um, uh, hey, just while Sam's doing that, I'm just going to thank everyone for joining us live. Um, we're live every day. I've actually got two faction reactions tomorrow. Uh, I've got Jacob Berry coming on to talk about Daughters of Cain. Uh, and then that's at 7 a.m. in the morning UK time. Midday, I'm talking to Simon Hall about Cities of Sigma. Uh, so that's two more faction reactions uh, coming to you live. I'm also going to be doing a list uh, show today, later on in the day, because uh, we have an Age of Sigma singles event here at the weekend. Um, uh, with 16 players all playing AOS 3 and they're all bought tickets uh, sort of players so uh, they're all gunning for they're all gunning for their first Age of Sigmar podium so it's going to be interesting to kind of look at Age of Sigmar 3 lists and, and how they work uh, so there's another show on that and uh, just this is always available as a podcast if you guys are first time watchers and you haven't watched it before you can listen to it as a podcast save yourself some time there we go uh, Sam I'll, I'll go find that while uh, you, you introduce the idea behind the list how does that sound? All right so this is a clinician build that that I've been running. Um, originally, I I like the idea uh, of taking as many many units as I could in the army. Um, but after a few practice games, I realised that I, I want to control the number of drops. So I've I've now built the list or curated the list around the idea of having two battle regiments. So it makes it a two drop army. Uh, the the list starts off with a vermin lord. Um, Warpseer, and he's from the the Master Clan. So he's 
generating a um, CP per turn on a three plus. Uh, and then he's regenerating CPs on a five plus when he uses them. So uh, at the moment, I'm finding that I end turns usually with a CP or two up my sleeve. So it's not I'm, like I'm not having an issue with CP generation, but it's nice to have that um, redundancy or flexibility. Uh, he's got this orb that he throws, right? And it's got a range of 13 inches, just D6 mortal wounds. In, in the old days, it was a trade-off because if you used your, um, you, you threw the orb, you lost one of your special rules, which was reroll armor saves but they've basically gotten rid of reroll armor saves in the game. So now his special rule is just plus one to save. And it feels way better throwing the orb and losing that because there are multiple ways you can get it anyway through um, all that defense, mystic shield, favorite day on earth. Um, but the combination of those things means that that, that doesn't feel like a, a trade or a loss anymore. Um, and when he's, when he hasn't thrown the orb, he goes, you know, he's, he's running around on a three-up save, and then you couple that with Mystic Shield, and all of a sudden he's on a three-up save, ignoring Grim 1, or you, you'd couple it with Mystic Shield and all that defense, and he's on a three-up save, ignoring Grim 2. And, I, I mean, I got him to a zero-up save the other day just for fun, um, and it was fun. So that's good. I like that guy. Uh, his spells levitate, and the, the reason for that is that he's got this aura, this 26-inch aura for Ignore Battle Shock. And the reason I've given him levitate is my stuff all moves around the board and then he's usually one of the last pieces I move and I plonk him down in a position which is central and can give the whole army battle shock yep. immunity. Uh, and levitate means he's able to fly over intervening terrain and models um, and get to the spot that I need him to get to. So that's that's a nice little combo. Uh, his spell is um, Howling Warp Gale or Howling Warp something. D6 Mortal Wounds, you can't fly and you half run and charge. And that couples really nicely with the shackles that I've also got in the list. So you hit something on a flank and it halves its run and charges. Then you put the shackles centrally and the stuff centrally can't run or charge at all. Um, and it slows their army down. And the reason you're slowing them down is that the army's then just 100, what do we go with, uh, 140 shots from um, Clan Esh and yep. stuff. Um, and that, that that stuff's all, you know, hitting on fours, sixes explode. So the, the practical, like, moving from fours with sixes to hit basically just makes them threes to hit. Yeah, that, that's the amount of extra hits you're getting. So it's like they're threes to hit, then they're fives to wound. But the Deceiver has a bubbled command ability, which is rerolled wound. So it's wow. not uncommon to have most of the army hitting on threes and rerolling to wound, and you just do shitloads of damage, like, I mean, 50 or 60 damage a turn. And then it just depends on what their saves are and how swingy their save rolls yep. are. Um, that's, you know, spread across 10, 100 Night Runners and then 20 gutter runners. So that's 120 bodies, and it's significantly more than anyone I've played so far. Like, it's usually three times as many as my opponent, yeah. and all of those night runners get a pregame move. So they push up the board if I want them to, uh, and then they they go into lines and they stop my opponent from moving. Um, so they, they sort of hem them in. I'm scoring my back objectives. I'm stopping them from getting to me. Uh, and if I need to, the, the, there's then a warps here. And he can jump out, and he's Ren three, um, and he's got the flaming weapon. So on his on his favorite day, um, he's got a three up save. It's not uncommon for me to do either all that attack or the um, fighting another monster plus one to hit. So he's six attacks, twos and twos, Ren three damage D three plus one, um, and like just the, the other day he just went into a couple of husk guards and just like just knocked them over. Like he's just Amazing. awesome, um, really good. Cannot fight. He fought Vordry last night and got his ass kicked. Cannot fight Vordry. Um, can't fight a Stonehorn. Um, those will smash him. But you just got to pick your targets. And once you know what he's able to take, you you 
you pair him up accordingly. And um, he's also minus two to hit from shooting, which is nice. So he's, you know, he's a really nice utility piece. And then I've got the Deathmaster in there. Um, he's awful, but he can pop out of any unit in the army and then use his artifact. So um, have you got the, he's on the, the list yeah, in front right. of you? Been the whole the, time. Uh, the Cuba Miss, the Deathmaster. Uh, yeah, cool, cool, cool. Cuba Miss. So what that does, a unit within six. I do this at the start of the phase. He pops out at the start of the phase, and then at the start of the phase, I say that unit can't pile in, and it's minus one to hit. Wow. So if you think about it, there's a heap of things you can do there. If they don't have a three-inch range, you can run your night runners up so that they're like three, four inches away. It doesn't matter. They could be up to six inches away. No, they could be up to five inches away. You pop him out. You pin something in combat like... Um, so Literally anything that doesn't have a three-inch weapon, doesn't matter what it is, you say that can't pile in. It then goes to your opponent's turn and they've got a monster or a whatever stuck in combat with this assassin who's also going to be minus one to hit when it's their combat phase and they've just lost the whole turn. So because my army can't fight anything, I, I want to stop their fighty thing. So um, that's a really disgusting combo um, and it's a threat. It's a threat always because you don't know which unit is going to be and it could be in any. Uh, and there's quite often times when you make a, a, a longish charge and your unit sort of strung out a bit, but you go, that's okay. I've got a three-inch pile in. So I'm going to get all these guys in. And me just jumping out and stopping it can be the difference between um, a unit breaking through or not. Uh, and the whole army is just predicated around shooting as many times as it can and then holding the opponent up for as long as it can. So um, I'm finding it really fun to play with. It's really hard to pilot. Um, if you make a mistake, you get punished. And it's just really good for learning the game because literally all those um, all those night runners have champions. Yep. So, like, literally every every single decision my opponent makes, I get to then make a decision. Is this going to be the one that where I fall back? Am I going to stand and shoot? All that sort of stuff. Um, and the Vermin Lords both have shooting attacks. So they can stand and shoot, and they can also fall back as well and do some cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, just across the board, like, it's it's heaps of fun to play. It, it's not it's not by any stretch of the imagination like a, a strong Skaven list, but it, I'm, I'm really enjoying grinding I don't it. think they have to be strong Skaven lists at this point. I think, I think the thing you're talking about with reps and also the thing with uh, moving units around and being in charge of that. Like, there are lots of skills to learn at the moment, and we should be trying to write lists like this that are helping us develop skill sets, as opposed to just win right now. I mean, you can just write lists yep. that win, and maybe you could probably do that for the whole edition without really deep diving the <laughs> skill sets, uh, <laughs> um, based on everything that will come out. But it's also going to be really useful for everyone if you do end up like, well, for you, if you're, if you're out there and you're listening, you're like, I'd like to be a good and competent player um, and do a bunch of things. And also having decisions makes you feel like you've got stuff to do. There's nothing worse than when you're in like turn four or five, you don't have much left on the board. You're like, I guess I'll move this. Like, But if you've got some plays, even if they're the most out of the box plays, you still feel like there's something to do, which is really positive. So yeah, uh, I love this. This is this is great. Uh, we'll include this in the show notes for everyone who's watching live so you can uh, check this out. Uh, Sam, uh, we can also check mm -hmm. you out online, right? Yes, I'm at the List Lab on, uh, on YouTube and on Twitter. I'm not very active on YouTube at the moment because I'd just much rather play games than record content. Do you know what I mean? If I've got a choice after work about do I want to go out and catch up with a mate and play a game or do I want to sit down and record and edit, I'm almost always going to choose play a game, uh, particularly at the moment while I'm so hyped for it. Um, but, yeah, I'm doing a bit of a, a little series at the moment where I'm working towards CanCon next year and I want to do well at CanCon. So there's, I would say, a 0% chance that I, I play Clanation at, at CanCon, <laughs> but they're, they're – 
the Skaven is still on my short list of things that I would potentially run um, and, and try and pile it to a five and one there. That's the, the goal is five and one and top 10 and we'll, We'll and just for everyone uh, who, again, might be new and doesn't know, CanCon, uh, which is uh, based uh, in Australia, uh, has been the largest Age of Sigmar event in the world uh, for two, three, three years running, actually, um, and, like uh, before COVID. So, yeah, like um, it's probably the stellar event in the world to take out. Obviously, people talk about something like LVO or Bobo, you know, like these other, maybe the German uh, tabletop championships, things like that. There are these large events. I'm sure Krigslundtown in Sweden as well is going to be a pretty big one. Uh, but Cancon's kind of the jewel in the crown at the moment. Also, Sam looking to get it back off New Zealand. That's important. Uh, you can't <laughs> let New Zealand take it away from you another time, eh, Sam? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think we're we're like we're pretty lax. We're pretty lax with our um, our vaccination rollout. So I don't think New Zealanders will be allowed to come. That's maybe our <laughs> protective. <laughs> maybe that's why. Maybe that's the whole purpose. Uh, Sam, it's been a delight talking to you. I know for a fact that you could have done this for like hours at a time. Yep. So thanks for coming. I wanted to, and I, I still want to. I just, I, I yeah, I'm so hyped for this army. It's awesome. That's amazing. Uh, have you guys? Have you got any shout outs or anything you want to like big up or, or throw some love at today before we oh, head mate. out? Uh, the, the great man, Arthur Volgaris, um, whoop, whoop. played my played my first game of Age of Sigmar three against him. Um, he had got heaps of reps in before then. He had studied my list for for days ahead of that, and I didn't know what he was taking or what any of his stuff did. So that was fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Arthur. the real reason the real reason to shout out Arthur is he gets on the wines and then he's in the group chat talking about zombies often. Oh, zombies this, zombies that. Awesome. Just awesome. <laughs> he just loves the zombies. Big yeah. shout out to Arthur. That's great. Uh, all right, Sam, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thanks. Appreciate you so much. Um, uh, and uh, if anyone is new and hasn't watched us before, if you are, you can watch us on YouTube or you listen to us as a podcast. Both those are available and we're supported. Uh, we're free and independent media for Warhammer, so we're supported by everyone on Patreon, so we don't take any sponsorships. So if you guys want to go and check out our Patreon, you can. Uh, and of course, thanks to everyone in the Twitch chat. There you go, throwing out. Tristan's in there, Angle, uh, 40k all the way. He said, uh, for 40k people, he asked an interesting question. What is this list that Sam's got in 40k terms? This is like Gene Steeler Colts, and the Nine Storm Fiend list is like the new ad mech, uh, basically, okay. if you want some. That's, that's some uh, relatable information. Uh, if you said to a 40k guy, I'm running a Gene Steeler Colts style list versus ad mech stuff, they'd be like, oh my God, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, Sam thanks so much uh, thanks everyone for tuning in live thanks for listening to this Wargamer uh, we'll be live again tomorrow and oh maybe even later today but uh, g- keep an eye on our socials for that see you guys soon and have a nice day thanks for